This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, homies, I stiffed you guys yesterday, but I'm back with the homie David Troy to help me break down a few game threes in the NBA 2023 playoffs. It's Thursday, April 20th, and I sucked in the last podcast, if I'm being honest, David. How did you do? I don't even remember. Uh, The last one we did together? Oh, I think I did three. I was 3-0 in that podcast, but then I went solo. And I went one and three on my Tuesday looks. I I only had the uh, Warriors in that one, and they ended up blowing it, so I lost. Oh, that's right. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to bring up some uh, some bad vibes. Bad no, it's juju. great. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I honestly wasn't trying to throw it in your face, but it's all right. We're gonna we're gonna write the ship here today. I was two and one yesterday, but I didn't do a podcast. I was kind of under the gun and doing some other stuff, did some baseball work, so didn't have time to get on a podcast. However, uh, we have a good thing going, you and I, and I feel like I win whenever I tell you my plays, especially like the, the player props. So yeah. I have a whole bunch of action on today's card. There's, again, three games. Jeez. I have several player props, a couple overs, and a couple on, on one side. So let's just kind of get into it here. Um, we don't want to waste any of your or the listener's precious time. 7.30 Eastern Standard tip-off between the six-seed Brooklyn Nets hosting the three-seed Philadelphia 76ers. Game three, Philly's up 2-0. The spread is Philly favored 4.5 over-unders 209.5. I'm on the over in this one, dude. I'm zigzagging the, the zigzag. I went over game one, I went under game two, and I'm going back to the over in game three. Um, you hit them both too, didn't you? I did hit them both, yeah. Um, do you have anything in this game? Player props total, or uh, side total, whatever? Um, I would only bring up the last two things that I mentioned on the last podcast, actually, was the Embiid assists over three and a half. That cashed in the first half. I think he had five in the first half. Um wouldn't necessarily do that again, uh, if I'm being honest. First off, it's juiced a lot higher at minus 140. Um, so I just don't think the value is really there anymore. And then uh, the other one was DeAnthony Melton to go over one and a half threes, and I think that also cashed in the first half. And actually, I had a 16-1 to same-game parlay that I tweeted out, and only James Harden didn't hit because he scored like eight points, and all I needed him to do was was get his like standard 20 that he gets, but whatever. Um, but back to Melton, he was a, he's at minus one twenty five to go under one and a half threes. I think that's probably a better look. I mentioned this on the podcast, but his splits are, are fairly drastic for him um, on the season when he's on the road. He's not, 
hitting nearly as many um, threes at all. So uh, on the road, he averages, uh, of course, I can't find it right away. We're talking about Melton? Melton, yeah. Let me pull it up. Sorry. Um, on the road, he averages 1.7 out of 4.8 attempts. Like I said, at home, he's averaging 2.4 out of 5.7. It's a pretty big difference. Um, so to me, I, I do think it's probably a good look to take his under. It is at one, like I said, minus 125. So if I had to play anything in this game, it would be Melton under threes, uh, under 1.5 threes. All right. Well, I'm taking the total, like I said. I'm going over 209.5. Um, Pinnacle actually has it at 210. The under's pretty heavily juiced but they are trying to get their whale clients to bet the over they're considered like one of the sharper books in town because they book the largest sports bets in the world um and i think philly could let its guard down here in game three they're known to do that from time to time and i think the most affected aspect of their um, performance would be closing out on on three-point attempts from Brooklyn. Brooklyn uh, has the third highest three-point attempt rate in these playoffs thus far, and I talked about this in game one, but they have a whole bunch of quality three-point shooters that could get hot between Joe Harris, Seth Curry, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, uh, Royce O'Neal, which I'll talk about in a second, and it's pretty much going to be all hands on deck. You know, This is a must-win, so... I also could see some aggressiveness out of them trying to get to the basket, trying to get to the foul line, and maybe they get a little home cooking from the offici- the officials and they get some freebies at the foul line. Yeah, uh, I I do like your look on the over. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, it's almost one of those things where it's like the Nets are going to have to literally try everything. And defensively, like they, they did have a defensive game and they still lost by, what was it, 10-12 last game? And this one, I think they probably are going to look at seeing just, you know, okay, we're home. We got the comfort of our own stadium, our own fans, for whatever Brooklyn fans are worth. Not sure much. They don't exist. Right. So I I like your look on the over. I might tail that myself, but um, not 100% sure. Yeah, Sixers are 13-7 and of the over as road favorites. They get a plus four uh, margin on the total towards the over. Brooklyn is eight and five over under on two days rest with a plus ten over under margin, give or take. Philadelphia is seven and four with two days of rest, uh, seven and four to the over and two on two days rest. So, um, I'm going with the over again, zigzag to the zigzag theory. And I have two player props. Uh, the first one I'm going under James Harden, nineteen and a half points. He's been pretty dreadful offensively, at least in scoring, since hurting his Achilles against your Chicago Bulls in late March. Um, he's gone under 19.5 points in nine of his last 12 games, which includes the playoffs. He's scored under 19.5 points in eight of his 14 playoff games as a 76er. He's shooting just 32.4% from the field. Um, in this series, and that's despite hitting 43% of his threes. If you remember in game one, he was he went nuclear from the three-point land, and mm-hmm. he is a Hall of Famer, um, or will be a Hall of Famer, regardless of how you feel about the NBA Hall of Fame 
uh, metrics. I think they're a joke, but either way, I mean, this guy, you know, former MVP is is going to make it to the Hall of Fame. Um, so I, you know, lucky might be the wrong word, but they were contested tough three pointers that he made. Like he's not getting easy shots, and. He, again, he put up 23 in game one, mostly off of contested three-pointers, but Brooklyn made a switch in game from game one to game two, and they put Mikhail Bridges on him more so, and Mikhail Bridges did a great job defending him in game two. Um, he went well under these point prop, uh, or well scored well uh, scored less than 19.5 points, I should say, in game two, and he has zero free-throw attempts so far in the series. We know Harden lives at the free-throw line or at least does when he's playing his best. So don't think he's going to get to the free throw line that much in this game now that it's back in Brooklyn. Um, and I also think we could get a big Embiid game being on the road and being as though he's only averaging 23 points per game in this series. He's actually, I think, take, taken the fourth um, most field goal attempts for the 76ers in this series. Um, so I think there's going to be more Embiid here and – I think Harden's scoring um, scoring could could stay below the 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 twenty point mark. So I'm on under uh, James Harden points, which is kind of a hedge to the over on the points uh, for the total or for the for the, the the entire game. But that's my first player prop. Any any thoughts on on James Harden under nineteen and a half? Hmm. I mean, he he could obviously fly over it if he wants to, but uh, I I think you're probably right. I think he probably is almost reserving himself for like the next round. He's not going to sit out, but he's not going to. It's like active load management where he's not trying to penetrate and you know get to the free throw line or anything. His free throws have been down over the past couple of years, anyways. But um, I, I think I'd probably follow you on the under. I like it better than any kind of over. I will say FanDuel has it at 18.5, so if you like the over, make sure you get it there rather than uh, anywhere else because you're talking about a whole point. Um, what was your other pick? I went under 19.5, and I bet it this morning when it was minus 120. It's up to minus 130, so I'd still play that, and it's even lower at other at – other, yeah. uh, at other shops, as you just said. Yeah. Um, you got a feel for the side in this game? Uh, like I wrote this morning, I would, if I was forced, I would, I would bet the Philadelphia 76ers. They're just so much better than Brooklyn. They have so many more ways they can win. Yeah. Um, but based on Rivers and Harden's playoff history and Embiid, I just don't want to lay points in like a must-win situation. Um, especially when Philly has looked sketchy in the series and in, in, in quarters, right? Mm-hmm. My uh, final player prop in this one, I'm going over Royce O'Neal made three-pointers. It's one, uh, one and a half, so he's going to make two threes. Um, he's, you know, he's pretty much the Brooklyn version of P.J. Tucker. He's out there for his defense, but he can um, space the floor a little bit. Um, but he's actually like a much better three-point shooter than P.J. Tucker. I thought this was surprising. He's shooting 39% from the from behind the arc this season, and he's in the 69th percentile of all NBA wings in three-point percentage. That's like a premier position in the NBA. You know, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard plays a 
play plays that position. So Royce O'Neal being, you know, in the top again, 69th percentile, or I guess it'd be the top 31st percentile in the league for that position, I think kind of speaks volumes. He set career highs in three point attempts, three point percentage, three point makes this year. He's hit at least two three pointers in forty eight of his seventy six games during the regular season. He was five of eleven from three in the three regular season games versus the Clippers. And he's attempted th- 12 three-pointers um, in the first two games in this series. So I think O'Neal's defense keeps him on the court. And again, it being an all-hands-on-deck thing for Brooklyn, I think he's going to get some looks. And I think he should be rewarded with looks if he's playing uh, defense on Harden or Maxi, or even on uh, helping out with, with Joel Embiid down low. So I think he'll get the volume and that's the biggest thing here when betting these props. Yep, I like it. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right. Sounds good. Let's go over to the first Western Conference game, um, which is Game 3, Sacramento Kings versus the Golden State Warriors. Golden State's minus 6 right now. The over-under is 240 and a half. I got to look on the side. I'm going back to the zigzag zigzag theory thing, and I'm taking the Golden State Warriors minus six. I'm doing that despite a kind of sketchy injury report for them. Andrew Wiggins, I think, has a shoulder. Um, Gary Payton Jr. has got an illness, and we know Draymond Green's going to be suspended, and he's actually their leader in on-off net rating. Um, But I mentally just talk myself into betting Warriors game three, regardless of what happened. I was on the Kings both game one and game two. Obviously, that cashed for me, but I don't, underst- I don't understand why the Golden State Warriors trend of just being world-class at home um, changes here, right? Like, I think I think anyone bet the, the the Kings at this point, even with the the suspension on Draymond Green, is an overreaction to Warriors looking like shit on the road. But that's what they've done the whole year. Why wouldn't it carry over in the reg or in the postseason, especially against the Kings team with the most continuity in the NBA this season and with one of the better home court advantages? 
So I'm yeah. going with the Golden State Warriors. I'm going to lay the six. I see you kind of shaking your head. What's up? What's up, bro? Talk to me. I don't have a uh, an objection to that, actually. I, I like the Warriors. I think they will come out hot. Um, you know, they Look, they're champions. They know what they need to do. They're not going to get swept by the Kings, first off. And I said this uh, to you even before we were we did any of this stuff, right? If if you had to pick one of the teams to win a road game in this series, which one? Which team would you pick? Yeah, definitely, and definitely the Warriors. It, right, it's going to probably be the Warriors. This this is one of those series that, first off, is getting a lot of hype, partially because of Draymond's antics, and a lot though because it's been a really good series. Uh, the Warriors were in both those games in Sacramento. It's not like Sacramento blew them out or anything. The first one they shot really well from the free throw line. They played really well. Now they're going to uh, Golden State, and they don't have that crowd behind them. They don't have all those fans there. Um, I think the Warriors are going to come out. Even if they lose the first quarter, I think they're still going to win the first half. What I don't know is since this game, these games have been so close, Like I don't know that they're going to necessarily be able to cover the six possible that the Warriors just come out and blow them out but I've said this to you before I I don't know that points really matter in this one it's either to me it's either going to be the Warriors like well no I guess I guess the points would matter for the Kings because the Warriors are I I, I don't see a situation where the Kings necessarily win this game um but I, I think they either win it like by two points or like 20 and I don't, I don't know that there's like much room in between of what what the outcomes will be like i don't see it being like a seven point game for example that's kind of what i was getting at um you can google uh, this trend but like essentially playoff teams that win just like the spread doesn't matter and it's yeah. like a stupid rate it's like 90 percent of the games don't yeah. come down to the spread Right, and it, you know some of that is because of just how much the you know like upsets can happen on the road and, and some of the other stuff. Like, I mean, look at the Grizzlies last night; everybody counted them out because of John, and then they won by like ten or whatever it was. Um, it's also you know like there's less backdoor covers available because these teams yeah. don't take their foot off the gas, right? Like right. I had the yep. I had the 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 Nuggets last night. Did you watch? You watch that game, right? I watched it. Yeah, Holy yeah. shit! Was that a sweat for the Nuggets minus eight? They ended up winning by nine, and it was. They were, I think, up by twenty at one point, maybe even more. The Timberwolves yep. made a hell of a run, and they were winning. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but but the game, the the Nuggets cashed that minus eight ticket because KCP did not give up on the game and just got a. Uh, a steal off an inbounds and, and what was pretty much garbage time. He ended up getting fouled, knocked down two free throws, and that was that. So, yeah, honestly, that was one of those ones though that kind of you know like you get a little lucky in some ways because the the Timberwolves after they stole that ball could have just been like, well, the game's over. We're not. We're just not going to do anything. Oh yeah, and it would have been. So I got doubly lucky yeah. when they threw a turnover on the on the on the, uh, yeah. pat, on the uh, inbound after the timeout. So yeah, I mean, so whatever. But um, sorry to have kind of derailed this talk about the Kings and Warriors. Uh, oh, I, I, do. I well, I I think it's Warriors early. I'm just not as comfortable covering in the second half. I do think they probably do it. Um, 
this should be one of those games where the Warriors come out, assert their dominance, they're back at home, all that stuff. Um, I kind of like the Warriors series price of plus 140 right now. I don't know that I'll do it, but I do like them to win this still. <sighs> don't do it, dude. That's just like... They're down 0-2. I, I hate that price. I don't like it. I don't know. I don't I, have, I I don't have much be, logic it, behind that. It should be but, higher. Yeah. I agree. And I but think um, you're getting taxed for the, the them being the reigning champions. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's the Warriors. Which is probably fair, right? I mean, the sports books know what they're doing. But, like, yeah. I know I wrote this in, in a column this morning. But it's like the, the biggest advantage we have as sports bettors over the sports book is we can pick and choose when we want to bet. And yep. my vote is to stay away from that one, uh, even though I do agree with the premise of the Warriors winning the series ultimately. Yeah. I mean, I do love this Kings team. Big Kevin Werder guy went to the same high school, as I've said probably a million times on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> a couple other angles that I'm looking at, you know, I addressed this in my in my write-up this morning about this game. What are the Golden State Warriors going to do without Draymond Green? It's an issue, right? And if the Kings win this game and the Warriors can't get any stops, I'm going to feel like an absolute dipshit because that's would make perfect sense, right? <laughs> They're missing their defensive anchor. I am a big Kevin Looney fan. I think he can do a pretty good job on Sabonis. Um, and, you know, I think Sabonis has struggled to finish in the paint over Looney when he's had him one-on-one or has even gotten him under the basket. I also know that no Draymond means more Gary Payton Jr. And Gary Payton Jr. has played really well for the Warriors this series. And his perimeter defense is needed to defend both De'Aaron Fox and and uh, Malik Monk off the bench. He's actually shooting 69% from the field, 40% from three. So he has an, an offensive, like, um, argument for being out there on the floor. Gary Payton does. Also, we've already talked about this. I'll say it again in the next game, but role players perform better at home. I hate Jordan Poole. I thought the contract, as soon as they signed it, was stupid. This is a Jordan Poole game. It is. Jordan Poole got a decent amount of looks against the Kings in Sacramento. Got some quality looks that he should have made, didn't. I think they go down in the Chase Center. The Kings can't play any defense. Their defense is actually worse on the road. They have no backcourt defense besides Davian Mitchell. And I think Jordan Poole has, has a has a big showing and and steps up here without uh his bully Draymond Green on the floor. So I'm laying I, it with, I'm, the, with the Warriors. I'm looking at the injury report. Did you did you read this at all? Yeah. With like Warriors? Yeah. Isn't it weird? Okay, so I have actually a very specific response to this. I I think the Kings added Sabonis to their injury report, the sternum thing, to to help get Draymond Green suspended. So well, I that, actually think the Warriors could be playing 4D chess back by saying, oh, we got some injuries too that maybe you guys should be concerned with. Maybe that's just too much like galaxy brain, too much conspiracy theory, but... I don't know. I, it's the playoffs. Like Wiggins and Peyton, they you got they got to play right. They're down no two, and if they play, that's what when, I'm thinking. When adrenaline kicks in, I don't know. I guess like I think they'll be all right. Maybe maybe I'm tripping because 
I swear to God, I finished with the whole handicap. One of my best homies from out here from the Bay Area is a Warriors fan. He's like, look at our injury report. And I was like, oh, shit. But I was like, you know what? I'm not flipping on this one. I've thought the Warriors are just going to beat the shit out of the Kings in game three since this series was first scheduled. So I'm just sticking with it. What what were your thoughts on the injury report? Kind of hijacked your point there. I just think it's weird. I mean, like, okay, Wiggins has a shoulder injury, and I mean, ESPN lists him as doubtful. And uh, if you actually read it, like on RotoWire, it's saying that he's, you know, questionable for a game. And questionable and doubtful are pretty different. Um, but I'm looking at Wiggins specifically and Poole. I mean, even Gary Payton, obviously, Green is out, but. I don't know. It, it it doesn't make me nervous enough to not take it, but it makes me nervous enough to just kind of be like, what's going on here? Why why is this happening? So, I mean, the last thing I'd want is for them to – if they don't have Wiggins, I do think this game becomes a lot harder for them to win. Um, no. I mean, I, I don't yeah. Know. Maybe it's nothing. Yeah. I'll, that's what I'm hoping since I already locked in the bet at uh, six. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my main angle here, again, I already talked about it, though. It just feels like an overreaction to results I kind of saw coming, right? I bet the Kings at home yeah. both games, you know, but the Golden State Warriors have the worst ATS record on the road this year. They have the best ATS record at home. Kings are terrible versus good teams on the road, and Warriors are still a championship team, even though they're, they're missing their defensive anchor, and... That overreaction is um, prevalent, I think, in the in the betting splits. There's more money on the Warriors, more more of the public is on the Kings. So hopefully I'm taking the sharp side here because, again, I already bet the Warriors uh, minus the points. So those are my looks yeah. in this game. I got yeah. three for the next one. Damn. I'm sorry, what do you, you have? Nuts. No, excuse me. I, I lied. I have two for the next one. So what is that? Two, three. So I have six and three games. It's a healthy betting card. <laughs> it's a healthy betting card. On a like holiday, it. no less. I like 6 and 0. Oh. That's on, what you're doing. On my Twitter blue check mark death day, I'm going hard. Yeah. Oh, they took it away from you? Allegedly. That's what Elon said. Well, I saw somebody complaining about it earlier that they didn't have it. But... Yeah, I tweeted out that I hope Tesla's stock takes a shit today. Yeah. I have I actually hate Elon Musk. That's not what we're here to talk about. Game three, Suns at the Clippers. <laughs> Suns are now three-and-a-half-point favorites, and the juice is on the three-and-a-half. Overs at 226-and-a-half. Dude, I'm pulling the sucker move. I am. I'm going over. I'm going over 226-and-a-half. I think the under is a fake sharp play. Just like Warriors, Suns, excuse me, Warriors, Kings, there's sharp money on the Suns here, or excuse me, on the on the under, and then the public is on the over. But I think the under is a fake sharp play. See, I think a lot of people are looking at the, the Clippers over-under record at home this season. And it's, hold on, I had it in front of me, but I lost it. It's They're 14-27 and 27 to the under at home this season, right? Mm-hmm. But a bulk of those unders came when Kawhi and Paul George are doing their load management bullshit. Kawhi has played a lot more 
since the All-Star break and was clearly saving himself for, saving himself for the playoffs. Since the All-Star break, the Clippers' offense has been humming. They're fourth in effective field goal shooting since the All-Star break. And at home, they're 8-5 and five to the over with a plus 10.2 over-under margin. They are averaging 122 points per game at home since the All-Star break. And I like the Clippers in this series. I borderline love them, but I'm not going to lie. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant kind of put the fear of God in me in the game, too. They looked unstoppable, um, or at least the Clippers didn't have any answer for them. I think Phoenix's offense is going to go really well, even in Game 3, even on the road. But I think the Clippers are going to at least match them. Whether or not they win the game or cover, I'm less confident in that. But I think the Clippers put up a good offensive game as long as Kawhi and Russell Westbrook stay aggressive. Uh, a part of that also is the Philadelphia or the, the Phoenix Suns were dead last in defensive free throw attempt rate. And the Clippers are leading the playoffs in free throw attempt rate offensively. So I think Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, Norman Powell, who we'll talk about here in a second, are going to be able to get to the off, get to the free throw line. And I just, you know, the Suns are just clicking offensively. So I'm going to follow the noobs, follow the public, and I'm going to go over this one. Also, real quick, something I want to run past you. The first two totals were 225. This one opened at 228. I don't think that was an accident, right? Like the sports books know what they're doing. And yeah, maybe they are booking faces and sharp money, respected money is coming in on the under. But they put it three points higher than the first two games um, for some sort of reason. And maybe I'm just kind of talking myself into it, but I'm thinking, thinking this one goes to the over. I do. The first two games, are one pushed and one went over. Excuse me. Game two, there's a 227 over. Game three, or game one, there's a 225 total. So, either way, I've kind of beaten a dead horse. I'm going over. What are you thinking? I, I mean, I'd be honest with you, I'd play the under. Oh, baby. Personally. And I, I'm not, I'm hey, not I even necessarily to, saying I'll do it. I need you to book a flight, come here, and take the knife out of my back. <laughs> so, it, it's one of the plays that I had written down. I'm not sure that I'm going to do it or not. You do make a compelling case for it. Um, and one thing that you know you factor into a lot of this stuff is how teams play on the road. The Suns don't really have a bench to speak of, so it's not like you're going to get like those role-player people playing better or worse. You pretty much get what you get from Durant, Booker, Aiton, and Paul, no matter where they're playing. Um, the Clippers, though, the reason I think that it might go to an under is at home they – they probably are going to have a little bit um, more intense defense, I would think. And I I like the way that Lou is able to kind of change up matchups and everything. Um, so I, I kind of have a feeling like he's going to try and slow the game down a little bit in the first couple of quarters. Uh, the, the Clippers were almost like basically running and gunning every time that they could. Uh, in Phoenix. I don't think that's going to be the same strategy here. So that's part of the reason I think they're, that this does go to an under. Um, 
you know, it's it's not a super strong feeling yet. I still got to do a little bit more research on uh, Clippers over under at home and some of the past kind of things of them going back here. Um, I mean, in the regular season, the games in Los Angeles were lower scoring than the games in Phoenix as a whole. The, the Clippers only scored 95 points in both games at home. Now, again, those are weird yeah. situations because they might not have Paul George or uh, uh, Kawhi playing in either of them or both of them or any of that's, that stuff. But um, maybe it's just a, a mental feeling that I've, I've felt like the uh, the Clippers have played slower at home and, and played to lower scoring games at home than they have on the road. So... Again, that's I think kind that's, of my impression. That's mostly due to um, load management. Could be, yeah. I mean, that that's part of the issue that I have with the Clippers overall is it's really hard to kind of gain much insight because their lineup has has been so weird this whole year. I mean, Kawhi, you've said it before. Kawhi is probably the best player on the court in the series, but is that enough to get them the win? I I don't know. I mean, is it the, is it enough to keep their defense going? Not sure. But I do think that the Clippers will play better defense at home than they have on the road. I guess I don't. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, but, you know, the only counter is the kind of you know stupid child counter is like, no, their offense will play better on the road <laughs> or at home. You know, but, B- maybe both it, are it true. Could be. Yeah. I right. mean, I wouldn't be shocked at like a one twenty. 110 win for the Clippers? Yeah. Mm, I I might be. Uh, you know, maybe I believe in these uh Suns too much, but Phoenix has been coming out to kind of slow starts and I'm I'm just kind of looking in a comparison of what what they're scoring by quarter. Really it's been the second quarter where the Clippers have been getting killed. So Phoenix won the first game by 7. They won the second one by five, um, and and that second quarter seems to be the the highest scoring quarter of any of them in the series. So for Phoenix, for both of them, actually. Okay. So well, I mean, so you feeling first half slightly? Over I mean, com- combined, yeah. I I think the first half over would make more sense, but the only thing that goes against that is Phoenix's also kind of come out a little slow in both first quarters. So I don't know. The total to me, I, I still kind of lean towards the under. If you can get it at 227 maybe, but um, I don't know. I'm seeing 225 and a half or 226 and a half. I, I think I'd be more comfortable taking the under than the over. Well, I do not hate your logic I will say and this kind of shifting gears to my player prop I think the second quarter is going to remain high scoring because I think the Clippers get more out of their bench specifically Norman Powell I'm going over Norman Powell 14 and a half points it's up to minus 140 now so it's expensive I'm only dropping like a quarter unit on this one compared to like a full unit on the on the uh the total or the, on the over but as I wrote, it's kind of like a blink theory wager where it's just like, 
I think Powell will do well. <laughs> that's just, yeah. that's essentially my analysis. I mean, role players play better at home. He was he got himself into I think the top three of uh, six man of the year at one point in this year by the odds. He ended up kind of um, I don't he know. Fell off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, fell off. Thank you. Fell off down the stretch. But he has the third highest offensive rating in the clip for the Clippers in this series, and that's despite shooting. 14% from three. He's one of seven. I think a couple of more three-pointers go down in this game. He can score really all over the court. Great outside shooter. Um, attacks the rim. Can finish at the basket. Um, 81% free throw shooter. He's gone over 15 points in 36 of his 60 regular season games this year. And I think... You know, all the gravitational pull Russell Westbrook and, and Kawhi Leonard have on Phoenix's defense, he's going to get open looks. And so would Eric Gordon. In fact, I wouldn't hate a look at Eric Gordon's over point prop, whatever that is. Um, but Norman Powell is the, is the Clipper oh, role player that I, I settled on for this one. What's it priced at? 12.5 Eric Gordon? Minus 125 to the over. Okay. So the market likes that over as well. Yeah. Apparently the market likes the role players for the Clippers to step up here. Does that do anything to your analysis? No, not really. I mean, because that's kind of what, what most people would expect, or at least some of them would. Um, you know, anybody who really follows it. Uh, Gordon in the two games had 19, and then he had 12. And almost all of his points, or all of his points in the second game came from three and he did have 12 shots. That's more than enough volume that he should be able to get over. 14 shots in the first one. Half of them came from three. He had 19 points. I, I think that's a really good look, too, actually, now that you mention it. Gordon? Yeah. Yeah. He's getting. He's playing a lot, too. He's getting some pretty good looks, too, and he's, like, really willing to fire those 30-footers. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he if, knows if what's up. you leave him open. Yeah, they and they're willing to pass to him. Like it seems like Kawhi and Westbrook both like passing to Gordon. Like they're not trying to avoid him or something. I mean, he's a so. veteran who can space the floor, and you know, I think I think he's built a lot of trust with that team in, in limited time. Yeah, didn't they yeah, play together in Houston, Westbrook and Gordon? I would think, right? Probably. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know for sure, but yeah, I would think so. So there's maybe a familiarity with that. Yeah, I'm, I uh, let me check really quick what how many what the over under on his threes are. Eric Gordon's over under for threes is two and a half. That's juiced very heavily to the under. So maybe twelve and a half isn't that good of a look. I mean, those are correlated stats for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, they are. What's yeah. Norman Powell's uh, three point prop? Powell is my uh, one and a half. Juice towards the under at minus 130. Okay. Well, I like Norman Powell to go over minus uh, over 14 and a half points. It is a pretty expensive prop, so I understand if any of you guys at home don't want to follow me on that one, but I'm locking in a bet on Powell to go over 14 and a half points. And it go along, goes along with my over 226 and a half wager for the Suns Clippers full game, game three. Those are my six looks, dude. Three player props, 
two overs and a um, and the Warriors minus six. Anything you're comfortable giving out as like a lock or as a lock? Definitely not. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just like saying it. It's a yeah, lock. I I would say my lean is Warriors first half, and then uh, I lean towards the under. Uh, in the Suns Clippers, so we're opposite on that one. But um, those are probably the the two leans. I would say one other one if you're looking for one in the 76ers Nets. I, I do think uh, DeAnthony Melton goes under his two and a half threes, or excuse me, one and a half threes in this one at uh, minus. He's not posted anymore. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, minus one thirty. Now it was 125 earlier. Well, I need on the podcast. I need that fool to. Uh, I need that fool to cat hit some threes. Well, maybe not him. Maybe Tyrese Maxey. Just Maxey, whoever to hit threes to get me over that 209 and a half. There you go. I like that bet though. That's a good one. Over 209. I appreciate it, and I appreciate you uh, making some time here to shoot the shit with me and and help me with my little NBA gambling process. <laughs> No problem. It's been a busy week. I apologize. It's all good. Hopefully, I'll come back tomorrow. Hopefully, David will be able to join me. We'll see. I'm not going to say anything definite because I really thought I was going to give a podcast Wednesday, and I just stiffed you guys. So my bad on that one again. Uh, Perhaps I'll see you tomorrow. Perhaps I'll see you next week. But best of luck to you guys, whether you fade or follow me um, on my bets. David, again, where can people find you? Uh, so you can find most of my written work on outkick.com slash betting and then on Twitter at futurepres2024 and then my NBA packages at beatingthebookie.com. All right. Arriva Derchi, folks. Peace. Peace.